What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. Hey, this is Ralph Shaheen from Fox Sports, the home of Supercross. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show, and I'm a Niner fan, and we're yeah. going to take the Cowboys down. Yeah. Hey, what is up? Houston Supercross is over. That was uh, just a couple days ago. We're going to talk about that tonight on episode 119 of the Moto X Pod Show. Uh, glad to be back on. I'm in studio by myself. Uh, we'll try to call TJ here in a minute. I have not even uh, tried to get a hold of him and see if he's available, but we'll see if we can get a hold of him, talk about Houston for a few minutes, a few other little things that are going on. Uh, before we get into the main part of the show, uh, tonight we are giving away a Fly Toxin Embargo helmet with MIPS protection. Comes in six color waves. Ways, excuse me. Um, haven't quite decided how we're going to do that yet. Been a pretty hectic few days, rocking and rolling, getting done with the uh, the Supercross and Supercross Futures and all that good stuff. Um, so. Yeah, I'm going to figure that out here in one of the breaks, and we'll let you guys know how we're going to give that away. Kyle Tucker, um, our realtor who has come on board, um, he he just gave away some FMF shirts, and he wants to do another giveaway. He is with Keller Williams Key Partners. He's a realtor, obviously, like I said. Uh, if you're looking to buy or sell your home, Kyle and his team will guide you through the process from start to finish. Kyle is a moto guy and a listener of the Moto X Pod Show. And we encourage you to support those that support us. Of course, give him a call at 913-744-4790 or email him at kylecucker at kw.com. He said a lot of you guys did enter this last week for the FMF shirts. He, I believe he has picked a winner. Uh, this week he wants to do two 7MX t-shirts. That is a uh, conflict with our fly sponsor, but we are cool here at the Moto X Pod Show, obviously, with supporting all moto and uh, we want you guys to win some prizes, so we are down with that. Uh, he wants me to let you guys know that he'll pick the winners on Monday next, the follow. So uh, what is that? Five days from six days from now. Um, so you know, if you guys listen on Saturday or Sunday, you still have a chance to get in. All you have to do is email him at Kyle Tucker at kw.com. Put in the subject line seven mxt, and then of course in the uh, in the body of the email, put in your name. Uh, phone number, address, size, all that stuff, and he will pick a winner. Um, yeah, so we got a really great show coming up. Lots to talk about. Uh, the Stewart, the James Stewart video, of course. We have the Cooper Webb, Marvin, uh, aggressive riding stuff we would like to talk about a little bit. All the other shows have touched on it to, to a large degree, so we won't get into it a ton. Um, but yeah, a lot going on. AC kind of having some issues. The points are tight in uh, all the classes now at this point. It's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, so please visit us at MotoXPodShow.com. Uh, all our sponsors are listed on there. Torque One Racing, the title sponsor. If you're looking for hard parts, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, Johnny and Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry. So follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or hit them up at TorqueOneRacing.com. Please order your parts from them. 
Shock socks for your fork seal protection. MX Girl designs for your graphic needs. All Sport Dynamics for wrist protection. Magic Synthetics for your AMS oil. Uh, the best oil on the market. Dane Evans is going to hook you guys up. Fly Racing, of course. The best gear on the planet. Damon Bradshaw wears it, so why wouldn't you? Power Band Racing, WP Authorized Service Center. Um, works wheels and mods for your motor work, Sarah coating. I am cannot wait to pick my parts up this weekend at Nashville from Brett Hooper. Uh, hit him up at hoop two eighty two eight one four at gmail.com. Uh, if you're looking for a custom painted helmet, I mean, come on, everybody in the, like the eighties and nineties, you wanted these custom painted helmets. McGrath was wearing them. Uh, Emig was wearing them. Everybody had them. And, you know, as just a regular person, you couldn't really afford them. But, uh, Kirk, Kirk has been painting helmets for, since 1989 he started selling his painted helmets for $295, and that price still holds today. Unreal. He has one of my helmets right now. Uh, hit him up at XK, so that's like for extreme colors, XK Helmet Painting at gmail.com. Um, and of course, Kyle Tucker with Key, uh, Keller Williams Key Partners. All our sponsors are listed on our website, motoxpodshow.com. Uh, please go to patreon.com to support the show. Uh, we just got, you know, we, we, we receive money each month for our, from our patrons. They get little prizes here and there. Uh, we gave some Cerakoting away. Um, yeah, so they got some special stuff going on. If you're on Patreon, it helps us out. Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Search out the Moto X Pod Show. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for the moment. I'm probably gonna take a quick break, try to get somebody on the phone. We've got a few minutes before I have to get Trey Kennard on. We've also got Richard Taylor, which is RT's son. He just raced Supercross Futures and Freestone. Uh, Michael Lieb's going to be on and Austin Politelli. So, uh, yeah, great show. We'll take a quick break and be back. DJ TJ is on the line. He is out in West Texas working. uh, As he he's either doing that or helping his son Doc race. He is no longer part of the show. He has been officially fired. Oh, wait, this isn't April 1st anymore. Never mind. Sorry. What's up, TJ? Oh, man, I was like, excited. I was like, finally, got away from the show. <laughs> it's going downhill. Jump ship now. That's right. That's right. After, yeah, once, you're, once since you're being part of the other show, which you talk about too much, and then me talking about my kid too much, nobody listens. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we're, do- we're doing that other show tomorrow night. Um I'm going to read some of the email. I'm going to read the negative emails. Not, I'm not reading any of the positives, but uh, I'm going to read some of the That's negative awesome. emails tomorrow night. It's going to be pretty entertaining. Um, but, hey, we, we've got a few minutes to talk about Houston. Um, so you, you didn't get to come down. Uh, Doc race, obviously, Sunday. But let's talk about the, just some of the highlights of the Houston Supercross Saturday night show. Uh, Triple Crown, yeah. what did you think? Um, it's another triple crown that does amazing things for our sport. I want to say one of the interviews I heard somebody, it may have been, um, um, Osborne say that he would, he wouldn't mind to have half of them that way. Yeah. I think that, I I think that was in the po either the Mathis's, um, post-race interviews or the press conference. I can't remember. Yeah. But he, yeah, just saying like, like, I think we're going to see as, as the series gets better, the, the fans are going to come around the, but I was on board from the get-go, and yeah. we're going to see um, what they call the riders come around. I mean, I, I just—it just brings so much excitement. I—I I, I mean, it's just—it's better. Yeah, I'm sorry for all the haters. No, I like it, and most of the riders, um, you know, I think there was a couple that um, 
Yeah, it was definitely. I, I was just thinking about the whole Zach thing. It was definitely in Steve's post race because he was not on the press conference. He wasn't top three, so that's where it was. But anyway, I, I was still thinking about when Zach said that. Um, most of the riders, yeah. I think, are okay with the number there are right now. The three that we have, um, Dean did not really like them. He, he made that you know he'll accept yeah. them, but he doesn't love them. But uh, yeah, as a fan, and I think most of the guys, even though they don't like them, they understand that it's good for the fans. I tell you my favorite part of the weekend. Okay. And, and, and I haven't heard anybody talk about it in, in, in a way, but my favorite part of the weekend was when they told Cooper that he was the winner of the Triple Crown Championship. <laughs> and, and he, he did. had no yeah. clue what they were talking about. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, I actually haven't watched the race all the way back yet. I think I'm halfway. Like, I watched the second 250 race. I start... No, I take that back. I finished the second 450 race, but that's as far as I've gotten, man. It's I have been slammed. But, um, yeah, that's pretty funny that, that it's so... They're, you know, that they're not really promoting that well at all, are they? I didn't even... I didn't... I mean, I'm not anybody. I, I know a little bit about what's going on in yeah. the sport, but I had no clue of it, and it's funny when the riders, with the guy who won it, was like, oh... Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I mean they did do it last year, but um, uh, yeah. yeah anyway, um, so hey, we don't have a ton of time. Um, I, I kind of I, I may try to call you back at the end and discuss some things a little that bit works. more. So I don't want to talk about the races too much because it's mm-hmm. been talked about so much. Um, right. Um, how about just the uh, my mind kind of blanked where I was going. Um, there was a lot of craziness, obviously, uh, a lot of crashes, a lot of the points changed a bunch. Um, all that's been talked about. Uh, how about yeah. the the James Stewart video? Did you watch that, dude? What do you mean? Did I watch that? I was like, I was just staring at my computer for a month, waiting for it to hit. <laughs> um, obviously, was I'm excited about it, and I think it's a how do you say it? Like a gateway to like feeding my addiction more because it's, it's said to be to continue. So there's going to be more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I hopefully. We don't wait this many years. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe he'll come bring it out soon enough that you know. Right. That. <laughs> anyway, I, I was I was excited, and I'm also very excited about it. And I think hearing those stories from his point of view, I was kind of enlightened on some of the things that was happening back whenever he was racing. You know, um, what's it called, Chad and RC and all those things. I I seen it from a different point of view than I've ever seen it before. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I agree. Um, okay, so I've got to wrap this up so we can get to Trey Kennard. Um, cool. I'm going to try to call you at the end of the show because I've got some insider news. Um, All right. And I am about 99% positive that nobody else has uh, mentioned this yet. It's just a rumor. And, but, you leave me out, and you leave me out of it, of course. You yeah, know I want to surprise. Don't tell me because I'll tell everybody because it's going on Twitter and Facebook as soon as I find out about it. You don't even have Facebook, you dummy. Or Twitter. Okay. Do you? Yeah. You. That's right. Okay. You can post it on Instagram. All right. Um, all right. So I'm gonna. Yeah. We're gonna take another quick break. Uh, I've got a few guests, and I'll try to call you back later this evening. We'll talk a little more. Sounds good, man. All right. See you soon. Welcome back. This is uh, the first guest of the night, and he is brought to you by Works Wheels and Mods. 
Brett Hooper at Works Wheels and Mods is the place to go for motor work and any Cerakote needs you have. If you want to add that factory look to your suspension, brake system, wheels, or anything else, contact contact Brett at hoop2814 at gmail.com. On the line with me is the legend himself, Trey Kennard, TC41. What is up? <laughs> I don't know about legend. Well, come on, man. Yeah, of course, everybody loves Trey Kennard. You, you, uh, you were one of the greats. You don't have to win. You don't have to win. You know, eight championships to be great, man. You you uh, you lived the life. You you were a fan favorite, uh, a, a nice guy, but aggressive on the track. I mean, come on, you're a legend. <laughs> I'll, I'll just let you say that. Okay, fair enough. So, man, how have things been going? Good. Yeah, it's um, you know second year of, of retirement, which has been um, you know interesting to to say the least, but. Um, this year's been really good, man. Just um, you know, staying really busy and and actually really enjoying that and um, riding a little bit. So that's been really cool and um, yeah, and enjoying it for sure. Yeah, well, you say retired, but you're you're testing for factory Honda. I mean, you you test for Cole Sealy, you test for Ken Roxon. I mean, you're still putting in some laps, and uh, yeah, you're not you're not just sitting on the beach with your feet up. Yeah, they need to come up with a better word than uh, retired for, yeah. for athletes that are done racing. It's like post, um, post-race post life. Yeah, something like that. We need to come up with a word for it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's been good, man. There for a year, I was, I was kind of scratching my head. and uh, <laughs> this, this opportunity came came together with, with Honda, and uh, it's been really good. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, being a Honda guy myself, I'm, I'm thrilled that they, they brought you on and, um, you know, got you doing this because obviously you know what you're doing. You're, you rode the bikes for years. And, um, I find it interesting though, how you could test for two different guys that are very, very different style wise, probably setups are very different. Um, how do you manage that? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's different, you know, and, um, you know, at the end of the day, they, they always put their final spin on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I try to just, you know, I, I, I guess there's two parts of it. Um, the first one is being that, you know, I try to dwindle down parts for them. You know, if they have 12 parts to try, I try to get it down to two or three um, so that, you know, when they when they get to it, it's not as uh, much to go through and it kind of helps them as far as just keeping things simple. And then the other side of that is, is you know, trying to get direction and, and learning kind of what both of those guys do like has been been probably the biggest battle yeah um and then you know if they're really looking for something and they don't want to you know they they don't have the time to spend you know weeks and weeks trying to test and find that so you know if i kind of know what they're looking for i can really um put a lot of time and emphasis in that and and try to give it to them and you know sometimes we're we're successful and other times not so much so okay um it's been a good challenge though yeah and on a, a, a particular given day, let's say you're going out on a Tuesday to the test track or whatever day it is, do you only test for one rider per day, or do you literally go back and forth between the guys on a on in a 24 hour period? Yeah, there, there's some some parts that cross over. Okay, um, you know if we're dealing with you know hard parts or engine packages or things like that, those things definitely cross over. And I can give them direction, you know, and say, you know, hey, Cole might like this, oh, okay. uh, but I don't think Kenny will and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, being that the guys are on two different suspension manufacturers, it's, yeah. it's difficult to do both in the same day. Sure. I've done it, 
but um, it's it's definitely preferred to do you know dedicate time to show one day and then KYB the next or however that that will work. Yeah, and does either of them have a setup or even a style that you feel is like a, a more comfortable, more 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 Trey Kennard? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of getting confused. I'm kind of forgetting what I like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, no, it's it's been cool because there's there's been things. I would say Cole is probably closer to 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 me. Okay. Um, you know, Kenny likes his rear a lot higher than than I did. Just you know, have short legs. Right. So, um, so that was always difficult for me. But you know, the more I ride his setup, the more I see you know how how that can be a huge benefit. And, um, you know, that, so that's been kind of interesting to me to, you know, even learn, um, that what he likes actually might be, you know, better than what I like and that kind of thing. So it's it's been really, really, um, interesting to kind of go back and forth on the, the different guys setups. Yeah, that's really, that is cool. It's interesting. I, um, like, I don't think I would enjoy testing at all. And the fact that you're doing this for two different guys and two different suspensions, um, man, mind blowing to me the amount of time that takes and the skill level. Um, my question, I guess I have this, I've been kind of wondering about this. Let's say, you know, God forbid one of them goes down and they're, they're out three or four weeks. Can Trey Kennard fill in? Is he ready? <laughs> I get that question a lot. Man. I bet. Um, yeah, the speed's still there for sure. Yeah. You know? Um, I'm, I'm always decently close in lap times and that kind of thing, but you know, it's it's a different story when you throw twenty or you know, <laughs> yeah. think about outdoors. Forty yeah, other guys sure. can go about that same speed. It, it definitely throws things for a loop. And you know, my fitness is decent just because I've I've been riding a lot. But um, am I ready to go do you know twenty plus one supercross or thirty plus two <laughs> in outdoors? Probably not. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I um. I would imagine that that's the part of the the quote unquote retired life that kind of goes away a little bit. You can eat a little bit more of what you want. You know, like you said, your fitness is there, but you're not uh you're not at that peak peak superstar supercross level. Um, how about any interest in doing any other kind of riding or racing? You know, we see Andrew Short doing all kinds of things. Dakar. He's doing works. Um. Uh, he he did some, you know, the dual sport stuff where he and Jackie went on some rides. Um. Any anything like that in your future? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I haven't really, I've never really had much interest, um, you know, in off road or okay. anything like that. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I would I would love to, you know, it'd be fun. But um, as far as my my interest being super high in it, I really haven't had, you know, a, a huge interest in it. Sure. So, um, and I don't I don't know why. You know, I, I I've probably ridden off road once or twice in my life. And, oh, wow. Okay. Um, you know, it was, it was really fun, but, um, I've always gra- gravitated to the track for some reason. Sure. So, well, I, I can... know, maybe I need to give it a spin. Yeah. I, I haven't done it in years. Like I kind of grew up out in Southern California riding the desert a little bit, but once I really discovered motocross, I'm with you. I, I, I haven't done it really since probably 89, 90. But uh, I am going to make an attempt to come out to California in September and do a works race with uh, Gary Sutherland. I want to try that. I'll be terrible, yeah. I'm sure, but I want to at least <laughs> I want to make an attempt. Right, right. Uh, no, that'd um, be cool, man. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. It's just something different, and um, you know, shoot, I, I as I get older, um, the 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 big jumps and stuff like that, they're just they get scarier and scarier. 
Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Okay, so we just came off Houston. Uh, I saw you there for just a moment, uh, you know, helping Honda out. Um, Triple Crown, what did you think of the weekend? What do you think of the Triple Crown? And would you like racing one? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, you know, what what blows me away a little bit is, is uh, the amount of laps these guys are doing. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sure that the lap count this weekend, but I know in Detroit I did like nearly 20 laps um, per main, which right. is kind of crazy to think about. Sure. Because, you know, uh, in in the lap days, whenever we were doing, you know, 20 lap mains, um, you know, you know, you might only race 13, 14 minutes at times on a shorter lap time. So pretty wild to think about these guys doing three basically main events, um, so it's, it's a lot of riding. I think it makes, I, I think it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's pretty cool. I, I enjoy watching them. Um, so I, I think it's good, honestly. You know, yeah. I think it shakes things up a little bit and I think it, it's, um, you know, creates a different style and definitely keeps racing exciting. And there's still a fitness aspect of it too. You know, the, the accumulation of, of all those laps, you know, you see guys start to fall off in the third one. So, yeah, yeah. um, so I, I think it's cool. I think it's it's fun. You know, I when I only time I'd really done it was at Monster Cup, and I had fun with it. So oh, God, um, that that just brought back cool. the memory of how close you came to winning a million dollars. As soon as you said that, I thought about that. <laughs> Jeez, oh, sorry to even bring that up. Oh, it's okay, man. That's all right. Yeah, that I I remember that my myself and I, I think I may have told you this before. My wife at the time were just like screaming at the TV, was pulling for you. Oh man, okay, let's let that go. Uh, <laughs> well, as as far as the triple crowns as a fan, like I love them. I think they're so fun. I I do kind of dis I get disappointed that the guys that are in the LCQ aren't televised because I think those guys deserve that attention on TV. Um, some mm-hmm. people maybe don't think they do, but I, I do. I think they work their butts off and, uh, deserve it. And there's usually some really great racing, but as we saw at Houston this weekend, I mean, amazing, you know, the, the points shift almost or swing with, you know, it changed, everything changed. Um, and I really feel like the format was part of the reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it keeps things exciting. Um, for sure. Um, it's tough to do three perfect starts. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's half the battle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool. I, I think it gives guys a chance to, you know, that, that maybe haven't been up there as much chance to, to mix it up up front. And, um, you know, if you're having a bad year, you know, I guess you can go both ways. You can go have three bad main events or, you know, use that opportunity to kind of, you know, try to get you better each time. So, yeah. Um, so it's it's cool. It's a crazy. I will say it's a crazy night for the crew. I mean, it's it's wide open. Absolutely. Um, and I think about the privateers in that because you know if you're working on your own bike and um, even a lower budget team, that's that's a a really big ask for for everyone. And, and it's a really long day. You have to get there a lot earlier. And um, you know, it's track work. I think it was at nine thirty. So yep. Um, you know, you think about racing. At 9.30, 12 hours later, it's a, it's a really, it's a long day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I was talking to some uh, 
some fans that we we kind of did a little meet and greet, a uh, surprise meet and greet with Zach Osborne, and he was showing them around and all the things they do. And I was telling them like, you know, the people at home that don't come to these races probably think, oh, they practice and then they go sit in the motorhome and sleep. But man, there's there's stuff all day, whether it be autographs, watching video. You know, they might get to catch a little nap, but there is it's it's a hundred almost a hundred miles an hour the whole time. Yeah, it's it's a lot of. Um... Yeah, I, I I guess the best way to say it was would you know go go be in a room with a lot of people you don't really know but that kind of want to talk to you yeah. and, and you know try to do that for you know just five hours and see how how tired you get it it really it's an emotionally draining day absolutely um, and there's the nerves and and you're busy and it's it's uh it's tough but man it, I mean who are we to complain I and mean, we've got a pretty cool job. Definitely, definitely. But everybody has a right to to have their bad days, and and uh, it happens. But most of the guys are pretty happy to be there. A um, couple more questions before I let you go. Uh, last year, you were working on trying to, um, you know, get involved with some safety uh, awareness. Um, I, I I get the feeling that Feld or whoever didn't really probably give the attention to it they needed. Um, do you feel like there's been any improvement with? safety and rider relations with Feld, AMA, FIM, et cetera? Yeah, it's, um, it's a tough, tough topic, mm-hmm. a really tough topic. Um, and I think the more I dove into it last year, the more I realized how complicated it is. <laughs> and, um, you know, there, there are some really difficult layers to go through, um, and I think probably the, the toughest one to go through is just getting everyone on the same page. Yeah. Like, you know, especially when it comes to safety, there's, there's, you know, 12 different opinions, um, between 12 different people and, yep. um, getting everyone together on, on just one issue is, is like really tough. And so, you know, to come to Feld and say, you know, Hey, we need to do this. And then, you know, it's difficult to have to do that without the support of people, but, if you can't get the people on the same page to support you, it's, it's, uh, it's tough, man. It really is. And, um, you know, I'd say that's, that's one side another side to, I think what hinders this is that, you know, everyone is so busy for them to take any time to dedicate any time to something like this. It's very difficult. Um, so those are, those are a couple things, but, um, you know, too, it's, it's, um, it's it's sticky, you know. It's it's really tough for for even the people that are building the tracks and the people that are promoting. Um, there's a lot of things that need to be done in a short amount of time, and I think to to try to bog that down with any other thing is is frightening to to people. So yeah. Um, so I think there, there's a lot of things that probably hindered me, and a lot of things that I learned. Um, do I think that that it helped a little bit i do i I mean we we had a call at the beginning of the year with felt um with myself and dungy and uh nick way and Mm -hmm. terry and the dirtworks crew and uh the crew at feld and we just went through each map and and kind of you know marked things that we thought you know could be better could be different and and you know they've implemented those things and so so that's really exciting for me to think about um you know i think there's a lot of room for improvement um, I think that the relation part of that is probably the biggest element you know, that, you know, Tyler Bowers has had a, a pretty big effort with that. Yeah. Um, but again, it, 
until you get everyone willing to sit in a room and talk about things, it's probably not going to get really what, what the desired outcome is. Right. Um, yeah, I was wondering, you know, like, uh, over is the GPs, um, like they've implemented, this isn't track conditions necessarily, but with just safety equipment, uh, everybody has to wear a chest protector. Um, and I guess this year they're going to, I think it's GPs, maybe it's Canada. I can't even remember now. I heard the rumor that, um, you can't go more than one lap without a pair of goggles. If you pull your goggles off, you have to come in and get another goggle, um, for eye protection. You know, if you force that and everybody's, um, you know, is playing on the same, under the same rules, I don't know that that's a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. Riders, teams may not like it, but you're, you're, you know, you see guys get hit with a rock when they pull their glasses, their goggles off and have eye injuries. You know, I mean, I think that's a good thing that they're doing that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're, the whole thing with what I was trying to do is, is to set some sort of standard. Yeah. Right now they're, they're really not, you know, it's yep. like there's opinions and ideas and thoughts and, um, and that type of thing, but there's really not, you know, a playbook for what these things need to look like. Um, and so that, that was the whole goal. And, you know, I haven't given up on it entirely, I think, at this point in time. Good. You know, my, my best investment in, is in myself as far as, you know, I, I need to stay engaged with the community and, and, you know, learn what I can while I'm um, involved in that. And, you know, maybe at some point it, it does take off, but, um, I can't stress enough how much it is important for the community to be behind it, um, both with their support financially um, on all sides. And until that happens, I don't foresee really much change happening. Right. No, I agree. Well, Trey, man, I feel like I took enough of your time tonight. Um, I know you're busy. Um, thank you very much for coming on. And uh, I guess, will you be at Nashville? No, no. I've got a test on Friday. Okay. Um, I will be at Nashville at the race, but I'll be in Denver. Okay. Well, I'll, uh, that's the next two that I'll be at, and then I'll be off for a couple of weeks, but I will see you in Denver. Okay, man. Thanks for the time. Absolutely, Trey. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. All right. See you, bud. Bye. Trey Kennard, uh, one of the greats, man. He's a legend in my mind at the very least. Um, did some pretty great things. Massively talented. All right. Uh, we'll take another break and be back shortly. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven dude Trey, I wear Fly, you wear Fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Dark Side here. 
Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Anzoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Amsoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amsoil Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series, Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393 and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, All Sports Dynamic Braces. Our next guest is brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removal fork seal protector. No one likes replacing leaky fork seals, so ask your local dealer or go to BurrMotorsports.com. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook and let them know the Moto, Pod, Moto X Pod show sent you. 
On the phone with me is Little RT, Richard Taylor. What is up? What's going on, man? Not much, dude. Just uh, sitting here, getting a show going, uh, talking a little moto, talking some Houston. Um, but you've been you've been on the road a little bit. You you did the Freestone Spring National. You did the Houston uh, Supercross Futures. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you probably don't want to talk about Freestone too much, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> That's okay. I got to talk about it. Um, honestly, Freestone didn't go bad from like a riding standpoint. I felt like I, I showed some really good speed and, and had some good moments. Um, there were just, yeah, as you know, there were a lot of bike issues, uh, things I couldn't control. Yeah. Things like I wasn't going to go like, Oh, you forgot to check this or that. (laughs) It was like freak stuff. That was weird that I've never seen. Um, (laughs) I, like I had a, I don't want to get too into it, but I've I've I had just freak things with engines and with frames and yep. that that caused pretty much all my like good solid rides to to turn into DNFs. So my results on paper were not good, but uh, I potentially think I should have been around seventh, sixth um, in those pro classes at mm-hmm. Freestone, which. I, I personally think that's the most difficult amateur race of the year, even more than Loretta's, because uh, everyone just shows up and races it. A lot of people don't show up to Loretta's because you got to go through all of those qualifiers. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. To Tennessee. Everyone just shows up at Freestone, and it's it's gnarly. Tracks gnarly. Motos were crazy. They had 25 minute plus one lap for the pros, and nobody <laughs> knew that going in. So everyone showed up, and they were like, "Hey, surprise!" Oh wow, we got okay. National length motos. Yeah, I I know I I got there on Friday and I got to watch you ride a couple times um, before you had issues and hell I got tired just walking the track for twenty five minutes, let alone riding it. <laughs> yeah, I was out there and I uh, I saw the halfway the flagger to the halfway cross. And yeah, I was like are you serious? Yeah, but uh, I think for I mean for me it was <clears throat> I struggled at the very beginning of the week with arm pump and I, I usually do there. I don't know why, just that track gets me, but. I was actually really getting it under control quick. Like within a moto or two, I was, I was really trying to breathe over all the jumps. Like before I would even get it, I would be aware and be like, breathe, like loosen my grip super a lot on the bars and the air. And I was like, it was helping a lot. I really significantly got less arm pump, um, fast. And I was pumped cause like I was able like the first moto I got arm pump and I like kind of, I couldn't charge the whole thing. Like it got so bad to where I like, it was kind of that sketchy arm pump where, like, you're just trying not to crash yeah, and ride yeah, it in. Sure. But, uh, I, like, right after that first moto, I really was uh, – the next moto, I was able to charge almost the whole thing uh, before, like, bike things happened. So, uh, it was it was a good uh, to know that I, I was able to adapt to that and uh, regroup and figure out a way to get around that issue I was having. But, uh yeah, they were long motos. People watching said, like, even you and those other people I talked to said, like, watching it felt like a national moto. So, yeah, no doubt, it was uh, it was interesting. That's for sure. Um, glad it wasn't me. Yeah, but yeah, you were riding really good. Like, I, I mean, I was watching you. You got a, you didn't get the best start on one of the motos I watched, but you were you were definitely charging and coming through. Um, you know, you, you recently switched to Yamaha. For, you've been on Suzuki's for a long time. Was that an easy switch for you? No, it actually was not an easy switch at all. Um, 
everyone at Suzuki. I love everyone at Suzuki. Chris Wheeler and everyone there really, really helped me a lot. Um, and they were willing to help me again. Uh, I was actually offered way more Suzuki support than I was Yamaha. And I was honestly just kind of struggling last year with the bike. And, um, and I just wanted to change and just to start fresh. And I went to the Yamaha and I love the Yamahas and they're great. I just, uh, I didn't anticipate like all the issues I'd be having, but, um, Simi Valley Cycles really helped me. Uh, I was kind of like, they put me on their team and they like loaned me a bike for the year for practice and giving me good prices. And, uh, it's been, they've been a big help. Dwayne over there has really been an awesome help to me. Uh, but, and, and Wheeler's still really cool. Um, he's still offering. If I ever want to come back, he'll help me again. And, and Simi Valley Cycles is, is actually also a Suzuki dealer, so I have options still for the future. I just uh, nice, nice, yeah, yeah. Wheeler so. told me the same thing. So, um, you know, but how about that? You know, what everybody raves about the most, I think, is that that engine package of the Yamaha. Um, what do you feel like it was significantly better, or um, you know, you were pretty comfortable on your Suzukis, and for somebody like me who's not talented at all. They're all good bikes, but you're you're at a much different level than I am. Um, was there a significant din- difference for you? Yeah, I mean the 250 is like that motor's gnarly. Uh, the stock 250 Yamaha, I can go to a, a practice track and I feel fine just riding the stock bike. Where like some other brands, like multiple other brands, like if you go out there on a stock bike, it can almost be a little bit discouraging because you're practicing with lots of really good guys in SoCal or wherever you are, there's always lots of good guys. Yeah. And they might be, they might be on a program where they're able to have a built motor every single time they go practice and get it refreshed all the time. And if you're on a stock bike, that's a lot slower than that. And you're trying to run with them. Like you, you got to realize that you're on, you're on a disadvantage with your practice bike compared to theirs or whatever. But just watching them, like being able to pull away or if you have your race bike and you could stay with them, it just it kind of discourages you a little bit, even if you don't know it. So I can understand uh, that. And your conf- your confidence, yeah. If if there's a dude pulling away from you in practice every time you go out there, your confidence gets pretty hurt. So right, it's been it was really cool on the Yamaha 250. It's like such a good stock bike that I was able to like still run with guys. I almost felt like I was on like a built motor a little nice. bit. Nice. Um, and it really helped. I was like pumped to go ride my 250 in practice, which right. is different. So definitely. Um, okay, so then uh, the following weekend, which is this past weekend, you came down to Houston, uh, watched the the pros on Saturday night, and then rode Supercross Futures. Um, I had to leave midday. I didn't get to see how everything finished up. How was that? Uh, how was that Sunday for you? Uh, Sunday went like <laughs> honestly, it didn't go very great. Uh, Personally, it wasn't one of my favorite futures tracks. Uh, Oakland was really good. I went to Oakland. I loved that track. Basically, for me, I'm tall. I'm like 6'2". The more realistic the loops that they keep are like longer, taller, the more realistic they are, like I thrive on that. Okay. Um, so the loops in Houston were really small and easy, and like the turn after them was it's, I almost, in practice, I had a moment. I blitzed them too fast because they were that small and, like, almost missed the turn and got passed by someone in practice. So it was, like, almost like you didn't need 
to hit them fast like you yeah. couldn't. So are you are you talking that was about kind of a bummer? Are you talking about the section before the finish line? Yep. God, those things looked those. huge to me. No, they they weren't, man. <laughs> they were eighty fives blitzing them. You could have uh, gone and blitzed them. Like they they look scary if you track walk. Yeah, like my brother doesn't have much has actual supercross experience, so he's like, "Oh man, the lips look pretty big." And I'm like, "Dude, no, I wheelied to like third one and wow, okay. dropped it on there." Yeah, but, um, but well, I did arena. I did like a couple of the arena crosses last year, like the legitimate like. Amsoil arena crosses uh-huh. and those whoops were ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yeah, I crashed twice in one practice session in <laughs> Reno last year. It was ridiculous. Wow. Like, no, these are small. Like Oakland, they had a pretty long set, and they were somewhat. I don't know. People were really struggling with them, and that was like by far. I would always catch people there on the corner right after. I was really able to to run it up on the inside because I'd have such a good drive through the whoops, and I'd pass it there like all the time and. This one, the track was just really easy. Everybody was doing the same big rhythms. Mm. Like, there were a few options you could do, but all the good guys were doing them. And another thing that I was kind of bummed about is in practice, at the start of every practice, like, in most of these futures things, they just roll you out in a line and you go. But at this one, they lined everyone up behind the gate like it was like a start. Oh, wow. By the time that we got to, like, the first motos, the the start was, was jacked already. So it's random gate pick in those first races. And, uh, the start is so important when the race is three minutes and 30 seconds long, like four <laughs> last eight races. Right. So, right. Uh, if you get a bad start pick on random, which I did not get a great one, uh, you're kind of like, you're pretty screwed. Uh, you really got to do something special to pass a lot of guys in three minutes, you know? So unfortunately I missed the heat race, got my bad start. Uh, didn't, didn't make it in the lcq i had a better starting spot and started around fourth or fifth and worked into third and those were also like they're four laps long and the lap times are under a minute so it was only like a three minute race and i got third in the heat in the lcq and missed it which was a bummer because i only need a few more points to get my supercross license so moving on going to uh denver i think in vegas and see if we can uh make it work there okay yeah i was wondering if you were going to go ahead and go to denver i knew that was uh somewhat up in the air when i talked to your dad he wasn't sure um good i'm glad you guys are going to be there uh yeah well i mean i kind of just said that i don't know what he's thinking oh okay that didn't do good (laughs) well hopefully you guys will be there i I gotta go i gotta get that license you know yeah well hopefully you guys will be there um well, let's let's talk about the pros for just a few minutes um you were there saturday night you watched the race uh triple crown pretty crazy man a lot of things happened uh points changed drastically uh man what what are a couple of highlights for you that you saw the first thing i think of when you talk about highlights is is uh Cincerillo doing like trying to push off Cantrell <laughs> in the air and, yeah. and then getting like hit by three guys that was crazy yeah i've never seen anyone try and like push someone off of them in the air that was a unique move but uh, I'm glad he was all right and was still able to salvage enough points to be in it still. Yeah. Uh, it's getting more exciting getting into these la- these last few. So, and then, uh, 450, um, <clears throat> I thought like the web scan drama battle stuff, that was all very entertaining too. So track cool. Uh, I didn't like the sand section. Okay. Just, even with amateur day, they kept that like. They, they they mowed all the heavy sand off the top, but right. it's the same section, and 
I just felt like everyone just followed the leader through there. I, I didn't see one pass made there the whole night. So, except like that when when Webb nudged Muscan, but it wasn't like a legit. <laughs> That right, was right. Special, yeah. Yeah, I think that seems to be the uh, general consensus of most of the sand sections is they end up one lined. I mean, I I like the idea of trying to do something different, um, but it's almost like kind of like what they do at Vegas, where they last year where they at, they just I think maybe it was Monster Cup where they just it was a straight line coming off like the wall jump or whatever. Um, maybe that's a better idea than trying to put it in a turn because everybody just goes inside. Yeah, I agree. I've never actually, they've never had a kind of a sand section in these futures races yet. So I've actually oh, okay. never experienced one until uh, on Sunday. And it sucks getting roosted in those <laughs> yeah. things, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, there's a photo, uh, that Madness trailer goes to all the races and uh, Jason helps me out and like gives me some photos after the races. And there's one of me just getting absolutely blasted over the wall with sand. And I'm like, man, that's how I feel about sand sections and supercross. Right, yeah, exactly. That says it all. Um, at least you yeah. had uh, X-Brand goggles on, which, you know, we all know has the best foam in the business. So at least your vision was good. Yeah, no, it's very, I'm very fortunate to have that be my dad's company. And yeah. uh, I'm actually, I, before you called, I'm actually, we just moved, uh, we're, we moved offices, but like same complex, but moved like across the complex. And I've just been building laminates for, for orders. So I'm still, I, I'm making it work uh, for x France so I can use what I need to use at all these races. So. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah. So, you know, having your dad, Rich Taylor, um, who is, you know, a very accomplished uh, ex-pro tester, uh, what are some key things that, some key, key pieces of advice he's given you after this weekend to, uh, to you know, look forward to the next, uh, whatever the next round is, whether it be Denver or whatever, what, what has he said to you? Basically, <laughs> it's the same thing a lot of the time and I just need to like to start executing on it uh, start when the race is that long when the race is four laps long and they take four guys and there's 22 on the line in the heat race if you don't get a good start good luck trying to get through so yeah uh, I practice starts this week but where I was staying I stayed at um, Matt Bichelio's dad Don place yeah. in Texas yep and we did some starts uh, during the week, but his um, his soil is a lot sandier and looser than like a hard pack. Uh, I guess it was more, it was a lot more tacky at the race, so I wasn't really ready. And I, I was like, oh man, my starts are dialed at, at Don Bichelia's, and then I went to the race and like wheelied every time. So I just need to really find like a good solid place to do starts and and sacrifice some clutch plates and just start, <laughs> yeah, right, start uh burning them and trying to get these starts down because it's obviously so important especially at these races you look at people who whole show like bogle's a really good starter and he rode really well this past weekend but some weekends if he's not riding as well like even if he whole shots like he's able to still stay up in like the front of the pack just because you start there it's so much easier it makes Definitely. it so much easier in yourself yeah, that's there's. I mean, clearly, that's as uh, Emig used to say every single week. That's the key to the race, right? Getting a start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah, and I like never really realized it so much until you get a good start, and it's like so easy to just like you'd much rather be the guy roosting the guy behind you, just riding the line, yeah. just trying to get blasted, trying to find a way. You know, definitely for sure. Yeah, nobody likes to get uh, get roosted with dirt and sand. Yeah, the whole shot's the way to go. So. 
hopefully uh, at Denver in the next few rounds, you'll get that figured out. Let's get some starts, get your points, and, um, man, just keep moving on. Yeah, no, for sure. That's the plan. Um, and then after that, I got the rest of the year. I'm, I'm finishing out the year in A-class again. So I got um, some races in California, and I might go back to Texas and do some training, maybe do some Loretta qualifiers out that way if, and stay out with Dawn again because I think it's really helpful to stay out back east at those tracks. They're so much more fun and tiring and technical than California. So Well, yeah, uh, definitely do that. And then after that and Mammoth. So okay. All the big stuff. And then after that, I don't really know yet. We're just trying to make the plan. I'm hopefully going to perform at these big races and uh, see what happens after that. Awesome. Yeah, I, I hope you do come out this way. Maybe we can go find somewhere to practice together and we can see how many times you can lap me in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I would love to, to I'd love to come ride. Texas, man, it's like that dirt is like so most of it is so good. Like it actually ruts up and gets rough and it's deep and in heaven and it's such a different uh such a different way of riding than at California where it's just hard packed, pinning it and smooth. Yeah. The ruts are all super shallow and get blown out every other lap. Like this is not I was looking at videos of people with Glen Helen on uh on, on a Thursday, and I was out at like master pools or something. And I was like, man, I'm not jealous. <laughs> yeah, the tracks out here are awesome, man. There, and there's a lot of them. Um, so yeah, get out here and let's do it. We'll go ride sometime. Yeah, I'd love to, man. All right, Richard. Hey, man, thank you so much for coming on. Um, good luck. I like. I hope to see you at Denver. Yeah, for sure. And uh, let's do this some more. Let's do it more often. I need to start getting some good news when i come on and talking about how i'm killing it you know absolutely <laughs> that's the goal yeah well i'll definitely get you on man just hit me up anytime and we'll i can anytime you want all right cool awesome sounds good thanks jamie all right richard be uh be safe and uh i'll, I'll talk to you soon all right awesome all right, bye. See you later. all right bye uh richard taylor son of rt rich taylor uh x-brand goggles um yeah man they, they've got some really i know you've heard the the, the hints around it some of the other, on the other show uh about what's coming from x brand and uh, i got a glimpse of the prototype this weekend can't wait it's uh it's a game changer so keep your eyes out for that and uh we'll be back shortly Our next guest is brought to you by Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. They are riders, racers, and just all-around fans of dirt bikes like you and I. Contact Mad Jack Synthetics at 805-531-9551 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com for info. On the line with me is uh, Michael Lieb, who uh, just made his return to Supercross at Houston. How you doing, man? Yeah, doing good, man. Just uh, getting back home and cleaning everything up from the weekend, really. <laughs> yeah, so you don't, you're not a, you're not a full factory rider where uh, all that's taken care for of for you, huh? No, no. My buddy uh, Brent Light and I actually drove out there. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday night, got there late Thursday, did press on Friday morning, and our van had a problem on Sunday, so 
we ended up not leaving there until like five on Sunday afternoon. Got home a little late yesterday. And yeah. Jet lag, jet lag today. I'll bet, man. What a, it's a busy weekend. Um, and you're you're riding for the the JMC Husky team, correct? Yeah, we've got a little side deal going on with them. Um, that and my, my personal gear company, Canvas MX. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much my program. There's a there's a bunch of other people that are helping me, you know, get to the races and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. So tell me a little bit about that team. How'd that come together? Um, I know Kate O'Grady, who wrenches for Chris Howell. Um, yeah, he was giving me a little, I'm not going to talk about it on the air. He told me about a little mishap they had with the truck that week. So it sounded like, like there was a lot going on with that team. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's cool. We uh talking with Joel, the owner. Um, it, it was very, it was a few, I don't know. I think it was actually back at Monster Cup. And we are planning on putting some stuff together. Um of the year i'm sorry there i got yeah yeah i'm, I'm sorry my phone my phone is on do not disturb but i had somebody trying to call in and we're good i'm sorry oh uh, okay all right no all good so uh so yeah we, we started talking um you know right about after the Monster cup um i started putting the whole lessons program together and uh we, we hit it off pretty good and my program got pretty delayed though um you know my girlfriend's uh father passed away on Halloween, and it just, it kind of just set me back a, a few months, so it really wasn't, we really wasn't too sure, you know, what to do with the whole West Coast program, and I was pretty late to the start, um, and then we had some bike issues getting things going, and uh, obviously, my first race was just, uh, just Houston, so, yeah, really only going to catch the last three rounds, which is a, which is a big bummer, but um, it was fun, though, it uh, kind of opened Open minds back up to racing, something that, uh, you know, I, I really try to just go there and enjoy. So, um, yeah, but, you know, Joel, JMC guys, super nice people, very helpful, and uh, was, was cool at the end of the rig for the weekend for sure. Well, man, you qualified 14th, and in the three mains, you went 16-9, which is freaking amazing, and then 12th for a 14th overall, which to me the whole the whole night is amazing. Um, for You know, as long as you've been off the bike, out of, out of the series, to come in, um, man, it seemed like you just picked right up where you, you needed to be, and uh, there's nowhere to go but up now. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it definitely wasn't. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm never going to be happy going to a race to qualifying 14th and okay. coming out with a 14 overall. But uh, you know, for for me, to be honest, ever since 2015, I, I had a really big injury in Oakland, and that was the year that I felt really good. You know, kind of like a top five guy. Um, and it's it's kind of been an uphill battle for me to get back to the races ever since. Um, so, you know, to, to go there this weekend, um, you know, after Supercross last year, I was, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I was burnt out and pretty over the sport, um, after Vegas of 2018, um, contemplated completely hanging up the boots, to be honest. Mm. Um, and once we got bikes running, I put five days on the bike before Houston this past weekend. Um, bike isn't, isn't far better than stock, to be honest. Um, and I mean, so to go out there and do that after just five days of riding Supercross in pretty much one year, that I'm happy with. But, uh, you know, I've, I've got goals and, and, you know, my sights set high, far, high, far higher than that, I should say. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, considering the circumstances, it was fun. And to be honest, I went to Houston to, uh, see how much I enjoyed just the pure purity of racing. Um, and that's, that's basically why I was there. And uh, do you enjoy the Triple Crown format? You know, it was funny. We were t- we were debating, like, what race to come back to. You know, I, I was almost on the fence of going to Seattle after two days of riding. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, yeah, that's just, that's, that's like, 
can't do that. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go to Houston, but it's a triple crown. I'm like, okay, well, the benefit is I can throw down one lap. I know I got that, right? So then I get directly into the main, and then I get three high-intense races with all the fast guys instead of just one. So I knew I was going to be wrecked as far as physical, you know, that's concerned. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, like, going to the line on the second race. I'm like, dude, this is a bad idea. Like, I'm completely vapored. I've got two races to go, and I'm I'm wrecked. Like this is this is not good. Yeah, I can imagine that's pretty intense. That's a that's a a busy. Bu- I mean, hell, a regular race is intense, and when you do three of them, basically, you know, that's probably double the double the intensity, double the time on the bike at full intensity. That's that's a lot. Yeah, but uh, but you know, I mean, hey, you, you got to race yourself back into shape. At yeah, the, you know, stage that I'm at. I mean, not that I'm. Not that I'm going to be in phenomenal shape by Vegas, but, um, you know, if, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it, right? Absolutely. Um, so you talked about the injuries in 15. Um, I know you had a couple big injuries around that time. You had the tib fib and then later broke your foot, which is now fused. Um, were, were either one of those injuries, very significant, obviously, but were either one, do either one of those still linger? Um, my, my foot fused is, is something that will never be normal. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've got zero movement side to side. My calf strength is severely jeopardized just in the range of motion that I have. Um, you know, me being a short rider, getting on my toes and such, and the loops is really important. Mm-hmm. Those are things that I can't do anymore. Um, I can't really balance on, on my fused ankle. Um, that doesn't really happen anymore. So, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of stipulations that will, you know, hold me back and be a continuous reminder of you know what i've done in the past but um it 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 is what it is it's not going to get any better than it is and i just kind of got to live with it right well i mean yeah that's just uh something to overcome but i mean look being your, uh, for me as just somebody watching and seeing what you did this weekend with the time that you've been off the bike i'm impressed and i think obviously it's just going to get better over the next couple rounds you don't have a lot left before supercross is over but um i think you can take a lot lot away from it yeah for sure i mean listen like i said i i, I wanted to give this year a full effort yeah and unfortunately that didn't happen um you know and the the, the, the next few races including Houston, is you know, racing has become to me so much more than what it should be, and and it, and it kind of sucks. And you know, I've got bitter, bitter, bitter opinions on on racing, certain factors that you deal with as a racer. Um, and I really wanted to go there just to just to kind of fall back in love with the purity of racing, trying mm-hmm. to get the guy next to it and weed out all the BS that comes in between it. And you know, it, that that was that was why I was there. And that's why I'll be in Denver. That's why I'll be in Vegas. And if I can do all three rounds and really enjoy it for what it is, then I'm going to give it another full effort in 2020. And if I can't, then you won't see me racing. Wow. Okay. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really where I'm at. You know, I mean, yeah. I look, I look back on the last four years and to be honest, I mean, I, I don't have anyone to please. I don't have anyone to, you know, do anything with besides myself. And, uh, I've really not enjoyed a whole lot of it. Oh, wow, that's, that's disappointing. That, it, it, yeah, and, and I mean, and it's not necessarily the racing side of it. It's the things in between that are out of, out of your control as, as, you know, being with teams and things like that. So putting the ball back in my own hands this weekend with people that I really wanted to be around and going racing in that aspect, I loved it. And I had a lot of fun. And 
yeah, I mean, my results, you know, for, for the circumstances were great, but by no means are they where I want to be. But to say that I went racing, didn't do as well as I wish I did, and enjoyed it and had fun, that's a win for me. Absolutely, so, yeah. Glad to yeah. hear that part so, of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that I hate racing and I hate sure. everyone involved, and et cetera, <laughs> you know. It's just, it's just, you know, as an athlete, you know, you risk your life every time you swing a leg. Yeah. And if you're not enjoying it, why the hell are you doing it? And that's why I'm doing these three races. And I was really happy that the weekend went the way that it did. Um, you know, results or not, I enjoyed it and I had fun, and that's all that matters to me. Good deal. And, um, you know. Do, do you want to uh, expand on anything, any of the things that have made you bitter? Any, any um, examples? And if not, that's fine. No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, for... My, my professional career started in 2014 when I went over and raced GPs, and I raced GPs for three years. The first year, I rode for Bud Racing Kawasaki, and it was, it was tough. I was 17 in Europe by myself, and it wasn't easy. Uh, 2011, I rode for Factory Husky. I signed a deal because it was worth a lot of money, and the equipment was very poor, and it was the most unhappy I've ever been. The next year, I got a fill-in for Factory Yamaha. I got, got my first professional podium in Italy at the GP that year in the MX2. Um, signed a contract with Kawasaki that was where I really wanted to be, and that deal ended up getting ripped apart on me, and something that I couldn't really try, and I said, you know what, screw Europe, I'm coming home, and I started racing at that point with my dad, and, and that was it. It was just rock the top, and our privateer bike, and dude, we had the best of everything, and we were one of the strongest privateers for the next three years. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that, that I love. Uh, you know, my dad and I thought, hey, but that's, that's no secret. <laughs> but the racing side of it was, was good, and it was fun, and it was pure. And that's what I loved. Uh, in 2015, I got hurt. And in 2016, I tried to come back, and I rode the whole year with a broken ankle and a broken foot. And that's what I ended up having to use in 17. And in 2018, um, you know, it, it, and I'm not, the, the IB Corp thing was great. I think that the you know the sport needs certain things like that, but to me it was a little bit too much about a TV show rather than racing, and that that wasn't enjoyable for me. If I'm if I'm at a racetrack, I'm at a race, um, you know, and, and that that's my priority. That's why I'm there. That's why I train. That's why I put in the effort that I do. Um, so you know to go. You know, put things back in my court for, for Houston this weekend and go there to race because I love it and race because I want to be there myself. That I love. Um, you know, so you, you go a long time without having a lot of fun and having a lot of injuries and a lot of pain, and you start to question anything, whether yeah. people can relate to that business or relationships or whatever it may be. Um, you know, it's the same thing. If you don't get fulfillment and enjoyment out of something for long enough, you're going to question why you do it. Definitely. I can, uh, I can see how that can happen. I mean, this board is intense. Um, and really the easy part, I think from what I hear from all the, you know, most of the pro riders, the easy parts Saturday night, you know, you, you go race yeah. but the rest of the time when us as media or the fans don't see the struggles, the work, the booking flights, the, you know, trying to get paid the whatever, whatever the, all the demands are, um, and it's nonstop while you're trying to train, while you're trying to eat right, while you're trying to maintain a family, uh, or, you know, whatever, a relationship, whatever it may be. Yeah. That's, it's not, it's not a five day a week, eight to five job. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, the, the big part of it, you know, is I, I started my own gear company, which yep. is Canvas MX, like three years ago, three and a half years ago. And 
I really started to understand finances two years ago. And I'll tell you one thing. That made that made racing a lot harder for me than it does at the moment. Um, so, you know, once you understand that, it, it's, a, it's a whole other deal. Because, okay, I'm a, I'm a privateer, right? right? I spent $1,900 to go this weekend to Houston. That includes my gas, my food, my sign-up, my hotel, right? My mechanic, Brent Line, worked for me for free because he just wanted to be there to help me. So I had no mechanic costs. This was just my hard costs. I walked out of there making 700 bucks. <laughs> so I, you know, I spent $1,100 to be there this weekend. I'm not there for the money anymore. I'm there because I love it. I'm there because I still feel like I can do it. And that's why I'm showing up on Saturday night. And if I can do that successfully throughout two more rounds, I'm going to give it my own go next year on my own terms with my own people that I want to be involved with. And I'm going to go and I'm going to have fun. I'm going to make the best of it. And I really feel my best race day is yet to come, but you know, if, if I'm not having fun, I'm not going to be there either. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I, I appreciate that. I, I respect that. I, um, man, I hope, I hope that you do enjoy it and you get that passion back and find the perfect program, whatever that may be for yourself and, and make a run at it next year. That'd be great to, you know, I've never actually met you one-on-one. Um, uh, I will be looking for you. I guess at Denver will be the next one, correct? Yeah, Denver yeah. will be that. Yeah, I'll definitely come say hi to you and do a one-on-one. Um, but man, yeah, that's that's it, it's kind of a bummer to me to hear that you've had that negative feeling, but I can understand it and uh, respect that you're you want to give it another go and find that passion back because really, when it comes down to it, we all ride dirt bikes because it was fun when we were kids. Yeah, listen, I, I love dirt bikes, man. Yeah. I mean, my, my dad got me a dirt bike. The dirt bikes is basically all that I knew up until three years ago. And it, it's it's not that I, I don't love that. But I, I do. That's my passion. That is the one thing in life that I hope is never taken away from me because that is the one thing that I can go and do, and I always have fun. Whether I'm, you know, with my friends or with my family, or it, it, it connects people in a way that I haven't found in other avenues. Yeah. Um, and, and you can't really replace that. And I'm not here to, to badmouth our sport in any way or badmouth anybody. That's, that's not, you know, that's not my goal. My goal is, you know, I, I've, I've really got nobody to, to disappoint. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to hide behind, you know, things that I, I feel that I'm going to say different. I'm going to say exactly how I feel and people can take it or leave it, you know, and, I, I've been through a lot in this industry, met a lot of people, a lot of great people. I've been through a lot of crappy stuff, just like everybody else. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, listen, I'm not, not here to make money. That's the furthest thing from, you know, what I'm going to be doing racing for the next year. And uh, I'm, I'm here because I want to be here. I'm here because I love it. But uh, I've, I've got to find that passion back. And I'll tell you what, you know, I... I actually kind of got home yesterday, and I'm like, Dude, I, this is like one of the first times that I'm ready to go back to the races. Oh, cool! And um, and and find that. So you know, I, that that passion's still there. I think my speed is is still there too, which I'm surprised with how little I've rode. And um, you know, I I love racing, and uh, I'm I'm happy that I'm trying to find that passion back and and really find the purity of of just trying to beat people. Yeah, and just trying to be. Just take take the the stress and all the emotion out of it, and just take it for for the pure racing that it is. And Ayrton Senna, with you know Formula One, he's a he's a big inspiration to me. And if I can take one page out of his book, it's he was so passionate and in love with racing for what it was, 
not what everyone else wanted it to be and, and all that stuff. And, and that, that's a big thing for me. And that's something that I'm going to really try and put a lot of my emphasis on. Well, good for you. Um, before I let you go, let's wrap this up with, uh, telling us a little bit about canvas gear. Um, how that, how you decide, to st- why you decide to start that and, and, um, just tell everybody about it. Yes. I mean, canvas and Max was, uh, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the same lines we're talking about now. I, uh, you know, 2014, I rode for AXO, and I got paid a decent amount of money. And the next year, they offered me 90% less. And, you know, that, that was like a that was a big deal for me. And uh, I was watching NASCAR with my family at home, you know, a week later or so. And these guys are stepping out of the cars in the M&M suits and Lowe's. You don't know who makes the cure. In our industry, it's the opposite. Yeah. You get, you get pro circuit freaking the third the third lowest sponsor on fox's gear you know i mean that's that's so opposite for how it should be fox isn't sitting the bill for them to go racing pro circuit is why are they getting the most advertisement um so i started a gear company that basically was just blank gear didn't have you know make people to you know run the canvas logo or anything like that and um it turned into something that was uh something that I use as a marketing tool for me to go out and find funding for my racing. Uh, my parents and I raised 30 grand the year that I got hurt in 15, um, with just local mom and pop shops to sponsor, you know, each weekend individually. Mm-hmm. And that, the night that I got hurt, I got an email from radical racing out in Argentina and they pretty much helped me package together a company in the next three weeks while I was on the couch busted up. And what do I know? Three years later, we're, you know, making gear for Nitro Circus and sponsor people like Travis Pastrana and all of these other people. And um, I'll be made in USA here within within the next month. And I'm just kind of taking that head on and was never really intended to be what it is today. And I'm so glad that it's turned into so much more. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I checked out the website and man, there's some really neat ideas. I like, I you know, I, I like the, the concept uh, a lot of the, the gear looks really rad. Um, and I'm, man, I'm happy for you. That's awesome. Uh, man, it was really yeah. great talking to you and, uh, you know, getting to know you a little bit and, uh, look forward to seeing you and meeting you one-on-one at Denver. Yeah, man, definitely looking forward to it. And, uh, thanks, thanks for the chat and hopefully people don't take that, you know, in, in too wrong of a way, but just the privacy of being honest. Sure. Yeah. I don't think you, anything you said came across as like, um, hateful or, uh, or whatever negative. I, I think, I think what you said made a lot of sense and, and is very understandable. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, definitely, man. All right, Michael. Hey man, have a good night. And, uh, like I said, I'll see you in two weeks. Sounds good. Hey, real real quick. Off the record. I mean, that like uh, my, my goal and my, my mind frame is like, listen, I don't have anyone to please. I can say whatever the hell I want. No one's going to get mad at me because I don't really have any help from anybody. You know, and number two, it's like, listen, People don't really get an inside look into what sport really is and what we go through. And I feel like people should know a little bit more. Definitely. Did that kind of come off that way or did I come off like an arrogant dickhead? No, not at all. Yeah, it came off exactly how you wanted it to, in my eyes or my ears. um, I really appreciate it because, yeah, it was... It, it wasn't just sugar-coated. You know, there, there's things that are negative about the sport, and I appreciate you being honest. Yeah, dude, I mean, it's like, God, I listen to, you know, Pulpamax or whatever, and they did us the same interview. All the time. No, one's, no one's saying anything but what a robot would say, you know? <laughs> I don't know.
No, I think he, I think it was good. Uh, I I really appreciate that you came on here and expressed that honestly. Cool. All right, Brad, man. Well, I really appreciate your time and, and giving me the opportunity. And um, whenever you get links and stuff, just shoot it over my way. I'll get it up on my social media and get you some content that way. All right, all right. appreciate. It. Yeah, it should be later tonight. Usually, it takes about an hour and a half or so. I've got one more interview to do and a wrap up. And yeah, I'll, I'll send it send it to you as soon as I'm done. Sounds good, man. Thank you. All right, Michael. Thanks, bud. All right, man. Uh, all right, Michael Lee, man, that was a good interview, dude. I really appreciated that. That was honest. Um, man. So yeah, once you guys listen to this, I want to hear feedback. So everybody that listens, all our fans, all our listeners, let me know what you think about this. Um, hit, hit us up, motoxpodshow.com contact form, uh, come straight to my phone and I'll respond to you once I get a chance to read it. Okay. One more break. Uh, we'll be back with our next guest. Right, our next guest of the night is brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing will be a title sponsor of Supercross with and supporting riders like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, the beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw, and our guest on the line, Mr. Austin Politelli. What's up, Austin? Not much. How's it going? Going good, man. Going good. Um, just fresh off Houston, where you won an LCQ, man. Tell us about that. Yeah, Houston went pretty good. Uh, I actually started off rough. I didn't qualify very good out of practice, but was able to get a good start in the LCQ and won that, and then uh, had some good finishes in the mains as well. So it was, it was a good weekend. Yeah, so you're you're riding uh, out of the TPJ truck. Uh, Ted Parks, who's a friend of the show, is you know awesome for the sport. I love Teddy. Um, tell us a little bit about riding for him. Yeah, everything's been awesome. I uh, I got to know them a little bit last year when they took my bike to some of the rounds, and so yeah, no complaints. Everything's been really good, and um, yeah, no, I've been I've been enjoying it. It's really laid back. Um, are, are you, what were your goals coming into this season and are you, uh, happy or disappointed in what you've, uh, done so far? Uh, my goals were probably top 15. So, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, I had a lot of bike issues with, uh, electrical problems and it took a while to get everything figured out. So I kind of, uh, was out of my control a little bit at the beginning, but, mm -hmm. um, now, now that I got stuff figured out, um, these last two weekends have gone pretty well, so I just would like to uh, keep going and, and hopefully stay close to the top 15 and, and finish out strong. Yeah, that's, I mean, look, there's, <laughs> the, the saying is there's a lot of depth in the field. I mean, gosh, there's so many fast guys. It's not easy making a main event, man. I mean, hell, making a night show is impressive in my opinion. Um, but, you you know, you work hard, I'm sure. Um, tell us a little bit about your program, when you're, your, your weekly program, training, uh, who's helping you out, where you ride, et cetera. Yeah, I do um, I do all my physical training pretty much on my own. I just do a lot of road biking. Uh, I'm a pretty big guy, so just mainly a lot of cardio and core and um, just try to ride as much as I can. I ride mainly at Milestone and uh, just all the, the local Southern California Supergrass tracks. There's not too many going on right now, but um, Milestone's been great, so yeah, just doing that and and trying to uh, get a lot of cardio in. Is there anybody in particular that you, you ride with, or are you pretty much soloing it, doing it on your own? 
Uh, pretty much just on my own. I got uh, Josh Hill actually helps me quite a bit. We ride free ride together, and uh, yeah, he's a good buddy. So I I try to ride with him as much as I can. Awesome. Um, how about your start? Let's let's go back, man. I mean, you know, most of us, uh, we we our dads ride a little bit. We get a PW fifty when we're five or four or five years old, something like that, and uh, we discover the sport. Is that how it works for you, or did you start at a later age? Uh, no, my dad got me into racing pretty much right away. I uh, first bike was a PW fifty, and then just started uh, going to the nationals, like World Mini and stuff. When I think I was around seven or eight, and then went to Loretta's and just worked my way up from there, pretty much. And what kind of results were you getting in amateurs? I mean, um, you know, were you top fiving or were you winning some? Uh, I won quite a bit. I rode for Factory Suzuki most of my uh, amateur career. That's so what I, had, I thought. I had a pretty solid uh, amateur career and it got quite a few titles, so it wasn't bad. Nice. Nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just a, I'm a slow vet amateur and uh, never, never even went to a Loretta, so that's pretty impressive. Um what do you think about like the privateer life? Um, man, it's a struggle. You know, there's there's only a few spots open on these factory teams where there's a lot of money, and then it, it really drops off significantly. It's a struggle. Um, teams like Ted Parks are helping out, but um, what what would make things easier for someone like you as a privateer? Yeah, it, it's definitely hard just coming up with the the money and the funds to get to each weekend, like. I live in California, so once it goes east, it's, it's pretty hard to, um, you know, cover the flights and hotel entry fee, all that stuff. So just basically coming up with the money is the, the hardest part. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I would assume that, you know, look, you have to probably – well, Ted Parks helps out a lot with that program. But in general, for personal sponsors, you do everything yourself, I'm assuming. You probably send the emails, make the phone calls. Yeah, pretty much. I got uh, – California Coast Plumbers, each they helped me quite a bit in uh, Tokyo Mods and HRT Todd Hansen, who's he's helped me for a long time. Those are kind of my main ones that that have always seemed to stick behind me, and it's been good. Cool. Um, so I was I was going back and doing a little research because I mean you've been around a while, um, and I, I was looking at an article. You know, back in 2015, you had a a pretty rough night. Um, and then you wrote an open letter apologizing for, you know, pulling off in, the, in a race. Um, was there anything in particular that you took away from that? Uh, you know, look, man, you're young. Things happen. You get your emotions. It's a professional sport. Um, what did you learn from that experience? Uh, yeah, that was kind of a, a weird deal. I didn't have much uh, to say with that. That was kind of through the team. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, just a bad night, just things weren't going how I wanted and we just kind of had testing problems and stuff that I didn't get situated. I understand. So, uh, I mean, no, no excuses, just, uh, there's, there's kind of a lot more behind it than just that, that letter, but I got you. Um, yeah, it, it got better as the season went on that year though. We were able to get everything figured out and I ended up winning a heat race. So yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was just kind of a little, uh, different deal at first <laughs> i can understand i can say i mean things happen you know it's just part of life and like i said professional sports i was just curious um so what are your goals you, you said top 15s you got a few rounds left um you know what are your goals to improve for say next year or are you gonna even do out are you doing outdoors uh i'm not as of now no i probably do paula but that's okay it. 
Yeah, it's, it. I mean, for a privateer doing outdoors is almost impossible with the payout and the travel. So, yeah, that's what I I hear. You know, obviously I I don't do it, but but it. Man, I wish they'd fix that. Um, what what else would you with the AMA FIM failed? There's a lot of people involved. A lot of things. Uh, I think they're trying to make things better for the teams and the riders. Uh, besides just money, what is something that you would like to see the organizing body of do to help privateers and just help the sport in general? Yeah, I think, I mean, they, they've raised the prize money a little bit these last couple of years, but I still think it should be more than it is. Yeah. If you're in the main event, like that's, I mean, pretty much the 22 best guys of Supercross in the world. So, right. Um, that and then just maybe lower the entry fee a little bit. <laughs> I think that's a big one. I don't feel like you guys should pay an entry fee, honestly. Yeah, when I talk to like uh, sponsors kind of out out of the out of motocross industry, they're always blown away that you have to pay to basically put on the show. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, you're you're the act. You know, it's like Feld. I think they own, also own the circus or used to own the circus. It'd be like the elephants having to pay to be in the circus. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Triple Crown, man, we just did the last one of the year. Do you like it? Uh, once you're in the main, yeah, they're not bad, but <laughs> just, uh, qualifying, yeah, it's pretty tough. Top 18 out of practice, but, yeah. um, I don't, they're, they're, they're definitely tough because, uh, they're all pretty much back to back. So I don't know. They weren't bad though. I enjoyed it. Well, I, I keep saying, I talk about this a lot. Uh, all the, sh- all the shows do obviously, but I mean, as a fan, it's, they're awesome. Other than my one thing I keep repeating is, I wish the LCQs were televised on the night program somehow. Um, change because I just I feel like or, or or if not that have a B main or something where the guys that are right there on that cusp of making it still get national TV time. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. That, that kind of does suck about the triple count. Yeah. Right after practice, so uh, we don't think get too much TV coverage. Right. Hey, so the last thing I want to ask you is, uh, again, being a privateer, a lot of times you go after your own sponsors. I know Ted provides a lot, like Fly is a part of it, that uh, part of his team. Um, But I noticed that, you know, you you started the year wearing X brand, and then I think you were wearing 100%, if I'm not mistaken, at Houston. Um, Is there a reason? Uh, Yeah, I kind of, my product didn't show up, to be honest. Okay. So I kind of had to find some, uh, some goggles for the weekend. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, that, I don't really know where I'm going with that right now. Okay. But hopefully, hopefully, know something soon. All right, right on. Yeah, I just I know sponsors and product and um, getting your stuff as a privateer. You know, you don't have. It's probably a lot more difficult um, than say a factory team where most everything's ready for them. So I was just curious if you know the struggles of being a privateer and your own travel and making your deals happen. Um, it's interesting, man. I, yeah. I don't I don't know how the ins and outs work. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough to be any private here. I mean been lucky to be able to fly to most of them this year, but uh, nice. you know, the travel it's it's still it's still pretty tough and been thankful for the, the people who have stuck behind me and yeah. uh, helped me out. I'm, I mean I'm still looking for some funds to to finish out the, the season, but hopefully to work everything out and uh, get some good finishes. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to Nashville. Um, I've never been there, and um, I think it's going to be an exciting race, new stadium, and maybe uh, maybe some rain coming from what I'm hearing. But 
Hopefully not. Yeah, I, I actually Ted told me that today because I was seeing about press day and uh, he said it was it was canceled because of chance of rain. So hopefully it holds off. But yeah. Anyways, it'll it'll be cool. I think no matter what, in somewhere new and. I heard Nashville is supposed to be pretty cool. It is. I, I'll tell you what. It's expensive as crap, though. Uh, I'm blown away how <laughs> expensive the hotels are there. It's insane. Yeah, I don't, I've never. I've only been to Loretta's, but never, never in Nashville. Yeah. Well, me either. So uh, I guess it'd be a first experience for both of us. And um, I'll, I'll see you up there, man. I appreciate you coming on and giving us some of your time tonight. Congratulations on the LCQ win and. Um, Hopefully, see you make it in the main again and and improve those finishes. Right on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely awesome. You have a good night, and I'll see you this weekend, bud. You too. Thank you. All right. See ya. All right. Awesome, Politelli. Um, so, yeah, we'll uh, take one last break, finish this thing up, and call it a night. All right, it's been a, a great show. Uh, before we wrap this thing up, I want to get DJ TJ back on. We'll finish talking a little bit about Houston and what uh, is next for him. Um, so, TJ, uh, we didn't talk a whole lot about Houston because we ran out of time. Um, yeah. What do you think about um, What do you think about the AC crash over on the over under and uh, the flagger and all that hilarity? I mean- I know everybody hates talking to my kid, but as soon as I saw that happen, I texted him and said, hey, tomorrow they're leaving the over-under in. If you go down on the back side of it, get out of the way. Right. You know, <laughs> I mean, because you can't have somebody, a flagger, standing on top of that over-the-under, I guess. Right. You know, because there's nowhere. Maybe they should put, like, a little platform for somebody to stand with a flag. Off to the side? Uh, off to the side at the top of it. Sure. Uh, I don't. I don't understand. Now, I got a chance to ride at Daytona. I was talking with a lot of the kids about and that are learning Supercross, and like Zane Merritt was working with with. Well, I think I talk about Doc, but Zane Merritt talking <laughs> about how to clear the sections where in motocross we drive through jumps. You know, the whole goal is to suck the jump up and get back to the ground. Yeah, but. And Zane was talking about you need to use your legs more and get up over stuff to clear the downside of it. And I watched the Supercross this week paying attention to that, and it's like, wow, it blew my mind because obviously I've never ridden real Supercross, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I understand that they have the downsides, but I never understood why they couldn't add a little bit more dirt or build that over under where it's not like a straight drop-off because if you clip that thing, you're going over. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a couple of close but, calls. I mean, that's not what ha- that's not what happened with him. No, AC was trying to was uh like I don't understand why he took his hand off the bars. I think if he would have kept his hand on the bar, I think he could have rode it out. I, I I agree. You know, I I only saw the replay one time because like it's been super hectic. Um, but yeah. to me, it looked like he was getting off balance and he thought he was going to get into him and he just sort of panicked. It was like, oh, get away! And then it was just over at that point. Like, yeah, I think he like, wanted to let him know I'm there. Maybe. I don't know what is, what you're thinking, but sure. like I said, he didn't get his hand back to his handlebar in time. And I think in that situation, you just, I don't know. I'm just, maybe, maybe I'm not good enough. I'm just never going <laughs> to take my hand off and tap somebody in the shoulder. No, right, right. Uh, I, I think it was Curran Thurman who did that at Swan this last year oh, at the Pro Challenge. Yeah, with John Smith, or John Smith. Um, 
John Short. Yeah. No, it so, wasn't John Short. It was Ryder, Ryder Floyd. Sorry. Ryder Floyd. Yeah, he tapped Ryder Floyd on the shoulder as they went over a jump. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe those guys are just, that's just okay. I don't no, know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what are your, what's your take on, I didn't ask you about Cooper and Marvin yet, have I? Yeah, we, we, we didn't talk about anything really because I know everybody's talked about it. And yeah. my opinion doesn't really mean much. I think it's well, awesome. Let's let's no skip problem. that then. Let's skip that. Um, yeah. Let's talk about this news that I heard. You want you ready? Yeah, let's go. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of whisper because I don't want anybody to know because it may not be true. It's rumor, but it came from a pretty reliable source. Um, uh-huh. Okay, R.J. Hampshire, Geico Honda, gets on the podium this week. Um, he's not happy. Apparently, the the rumor is he is not happy at Geico. He has a year left on his deal. Um, he wants out. And uh, apparently he's probably going to be let out, and we may see him on a brand that uses a steel frame. Not going to say which brand. Things may be changing. My question is, okay, here's my question. Okay. Situation. We've talked about this before today. Okay. And I still got to thinking about it. He has to have an offer. He has to have somebody saying, hey, we have a good bike for you, because mm-hmm. I don't care how bad it is, wherever you are, you don't walk away from, and I'm putting air quotes up, factory Honda, because that's basically their their factory effort, yep. you know. You don't walk away from factory Honda just because you're unhappy. Unless somebody's touching them in bad spots in the shower, <laughs> I don't understand what could cause you to want to leave factory Honda. Uh, I don't know those details, but the, the source was a very, very good yeah. source. Um, I don't know if it's before outdoors, um, but there is a team that uses steel frames that yeah. is pretty shorthanded right now in the 250 class. And that may be what it is. It may be one of those things. And which I'm not, I'm surprised because that team has some really good amateur kids that are, in my opinion, ready. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I would, I mean, when you look at, when you look at uh, Pierce Brown and some of those kids that are, that are just that good, I can't believe they would, that they would, you know, go to RJ over somebody who's there. They plan on putting on the team anyway. Just pull somebody well, that's, early. That's a different color of the steel frame that I'm talking, but I guess technically. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see if it's good info and things could change, but I thought it was interesting. And so I, uh, yeah. I, so you got to hang out for the Supercross Futures? I, I stayed until about two or three, I think. So you were at, was it? Which one did? Which was the other one you went to? Was it Glendale? Uh, Glendale, yeah. The, which was the first one? Yep. Which was, in a way, by a lot of people, they thought it was a little bit of a crack show because of the way the track was, the way the sign up was, and all that kind of stuff. What was your feel this time? So I got there a little late. Um, didn't didn't get a lot of. Um, I, I didn't talk to a lot of people about all that stuff. It seemed like it was going much smoother because it seemed like at Glendale it took forever. Um, and yeah, I think it was running a lot smoother just based off visually what I saw, but I didn't really ask a lot of questions. Oh, you didn't say that, but you didn't talk to nobody about the track or anything? No, no, no. I mean, well, I just got off the phone with, uh, or a little bit ago with Richard Taylor, RT son. Yeah. And he didn't really like it. He thought the whoops were too easy. He thought it was a little more mellow than, um, some of the other ones he's done. Um, All right. It, 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 to me, it looked more mellow than Glendale, which is the only one I really have to judge it by. Um, yeah. But really, all I did is I kind of went and hung out with Daniel, and I watched Evan Blair ride, and I watched Doc ride a little bit. Um, yeah. 
really, man, I was outside the stadium most of the time. I visited with RT and uh, a few friends and just really, man, I just kind of, I really wanted to go and watch Evan, man. Evan was killing it. He did, he did really great at KTM juniors and, uh, right. and Doc, Doc was riding really good. Other, his start just sucked. He got a terrible start on the moto yeah, I watched. I think that was just a heat race and he went yes. from dead. There was like 30 people or 20, whatever full gate. He went from dead last to fifth, I think. Yeah. I think one. he was fifth in the one I watched. Yeah. And then as in the main, he had to get top three, um, to be able to qualify for the monster energy cup. Yeah. stuff. Yeah. And one of the kids that beat him, well, I think he was fourth. Hey, if I remember right, he was fourth. And one of the kids that beat him had already qualified. So I bumped him up. So he's qualified for the monster. Cup. Oh, nice. Good for him. That's cool, and yeah. then, um, but yeah, he said nothing. But he said his he was happy because there was traction. Yeah, that's true. Everybody, everybody um, from the pros on Friday at press day until through Sunday were saying how good the traction is here. Richard was saying, man, he wants to come out here and stay at Matt Matt uh, or Don Bachelia's place and ride because yeah. it's so much better. But yeah, the, I mean, yeah, traction was good. I think it dried out a little bit Saturday. Um, but but I guess man, Richard got his bike. Situated, yeah, somewhat, yeah. yeah they're, they're, I mean, they're running. They are running. He was, <laughs> he did finish. <laughs> we talked a little bit about that without giving too much detail away. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, hey, another thing's going on. We are giving away tonight. Well, on from this show, a fly toxin embargo helmet uh, with MIPS. Yeah. So, what we're gonna do is same thing. There's gonna be a secret word hidden within the show somewhere. Um, awesome. I haven't told anybody, I didn't even tell anybody at the beginning of the show how we were going to do this. So I'm telling you now, if you, <laughs> I probably shouldn't do that. I didn't give them a warning to listen to the, uh, to the secret word. So, uh, right, let's change that. Let's do, um, let's do emails. No, yeah, no, I don't cool. even like that. Let's do, let's do Instagram. Okay. Oh, let's do Instagram. Tag us in a family picture. Doesn't even have to be moto. I want a family picture. Um, whatever your family is. Um, just tag the Moto X Pod show and hashtag Fly Embargo Helmet, and I'm gonna pick pick my favorite, or me and TJ will pick our favorite family, and one of them's gonna win <laughs> yeah. a helmet. So we're gonna do that. Let's let it run for two weeks. Um, so this is episode awesome. 119. We'll announce the winner on 121. How about that? Make some notes because you know you'll forget. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. I'm gonna make a note to make a note. <laughs> um, but we'll do that. So I'll, I'll put that up on Instagram at some point, probably, um, the YouTube stuff. Did you watch the meet and greet with Zach Osborne? I did. That was really cool with what the, like those kids were like, like he went way above and beyond. Yeah. Um, that, that was awesome. I watched your interview with Ricky. Yeah. I mean, yep. from Sunday, just, just saying it could make you the number one podcaster right there. You know what I mean? Cause Nobody else is getting Ricky. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, I was standing in, I was standing against the fence uh, to watch the start of Evan, one of Evan's races. Um, mm-hmm. Daniel was behind me in line because they were the next moto with Evan, and I saw Ricky walk down, and I was like, "Hey, DB, RC's right there," and he's like, "Oh, go talk to him, go talk to him." So I walked over to the fence, and he was kind of pretty far away, really. Um, right. But he saw me, and there was another guy standing in front of me that he clearly knew, and walked over, started talking to that guy actually first. Um, talked to him for a few minutes and he goes, well, man, if you're hanging out with this guy and pointed at me, he said, you're doing something right. He kind of acted like he knew me, which I mean, I have met RC a couple of times, but he doesn't really, right. he doesn't really know me. Um, but he really recognized you. You're kind yes. of a recognizable figure. Yes. He recognized me. Headbanger with cartoon tattoos. Absolutely. Whatever. Dill the hole. 
Um, but he was really friendly. And then he did the interview with me for a few minutes and, um, said he'd come on our show. It's just a matter. I got to line it up, but, um, yeah, awesome. so we may be one of the few that I think he's been on, he goes on DMXS, but yeah, no, but yeah, still, yeah, he was cool. Um, but the, the Zach thing was cool and I am going to release later this evening, the meet and greet with Baggett. So, so right now we love Ricky's announcing and the TV package couldn't be better. Is that what we're saying? No, I'm not going to say that. I think the I think the announcing still needs a little work. I think that this is their first year, and they've got a lot to figure out. Anybody yeah. who's done any kind of race announcing um, <clears throat> has a lot to, yeah. to learn. I mean, yeah, Pro yeah. was terrible at first, and he honestly he got better. You sure. know what I mean? And I mean, so look. I, I I ain't hating on Ricky. Is so, and I haven't yet. We'll give him a year, just like how the TV package isn't perfect this year. Give him a year. See how it goes next year. Right. So anybody that wants to watch those videos, though, I did press day Friday interviews um, with guys yeah. like Eli Tomac, Marvin, Carlos, numerous others. Uh, those are up on our YouTube channel, Moto X Pod Show. Uh, then I did some. I did like my question, my random questions on Saturday. Uh, I also did the two meet and greets. One with Zach, one with Blake. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, just check out the videos. The Blake one will post yeah. later. Uh, I did some stuff Sunday for press day. Very little footage on that day. I just. Man, I was just kind of hanging out. I didn't really take a lot of footage, a lot of interviews, but I had to get Ricky, so that's up there. Um, and everybody do... needs to go check out that Zach Osborne deal and yeah. how he, you know, really opened up and let the kids see the truck. That was awesome. Yep. I can't wait to see the Blake one. It was cool. Yeah, the Blake one's a little different. He was he was a little tied up when the time that Keeley had set for us came about. So yeah, but. He's busy and he's still doing it. And yeah, absolutely, the, absolutely. The he, amazingness of these riders he, and the humbleness of these. Yeah, guys. he he was doing something with the team and Keely. I was actually standing outside the pits with the two the kid and the family, and Keely came out there and said, "Hey, why don't you take him through the truck?" I was like, "Uh, okay, I, I, <laughs> sure, why not?" So I just walked through the truck and kind of made stuff up, um, and then Keely came and got us and met. They met Blake and uh, visited for a couple minutes and. Yeah, it was cool, man. I, he signed their hats and stuff. Um, really cool. And, and uh, Nashville's this weekend. I'll be up there with JT. And I haven't set any of those up yet, but I probably will reach out to at least one rider and try to do another one. Heck yeah. So anyway, um, all right, TJ, I guess we're going to wrap this up. Um, another good hey, show. Hey, you need to talk to the Seven Deuce Deuce and get him to do it. He's on a high right now, making main events. Yeah, you know I what? I so bet I could fans. set. I bet I could set something up like that with Hep in general. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that might be a good thing. I'll, I'll try to reach out tomorrow and see if I can make that happen. Or hell, I just probably talk to Dustin on Friday and do it. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Cool, man. Um. So you're not making any of the next few races, correct? Not till Vegas. Not till Vegas. All right, dude. Well, we're gonna wrap up episode one nineteen. Um think that's everything our new spile sponsor kyle tucker's doing another giveaway this week i don't know if you realize he gave away a couple t-shirts last week fmf t-shirts he's Mm -hmm. he's giving away a couple seven uh riding gear t-shirts this week um you know we are fly supporters here but we you know everybody's welcome so james stewart it's james stewart it's james stewart company and james stewart just dropped a a video and it couldn't be perfect time to release to do that (laughs) very true very true but we appreciate kyle tucker at keller williams key partners again if you're looking to buy or sell any real estate support the moto community call 913-744-4790 and ask for kyle or email him at kyle tucker at kw.com 
That is episode 119, and uh, we'll be back probably next week, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm getting, uh, I'm a little exhausted right now, TJ. Um, no, you, you, you listen, you don't get a break until the week after Supercross. Right. And then, yeah. and then you can take a break for one week, <laughs> and you're back at it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, new, new Pulp wrap-up show tomorrow night. No affiliation with the Moto X Pod show, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. So, all right, that's it. We'll see you next week. TJ, thanks for coming Later. on, man. No problem.